welcome to Dental Appointment, a podcast by two dental students aiming to give you an insight into the world of dentistry. We will be discussing all things dental related, from dental applications to life as a dental student. We will also provide you with an insight into our own experiences, as well as talking to other members of the profession about a range of different topics to get their views and learn about the different opportunities after dental school. My name is Ryan. And I'm Becky. And this is Dental Appointment. Welcome back. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing some basic dental terminology that we hope you'll be able to apply to some wider reading into dentistry and also at some work experience that you may have planned. So we also wanted just to say here that this is quite a detailed episode. So feel free to pause it whenever and gather your thoughts or come back after you've researched some things. As always, this is just an intro, so research into anything that you find interesting and remember that dental schools are not expecting somebody with a vast amount of knowledge or you'd have nothing to learn at dental school. So for this episode, we have sort of split it into three topics. We're going to focus on the anatomy and the oral diseases that we as dentists treat. To look at the tooth anatomy, first of all, you might want to look in the mirror or take a selfie and look at your own teeth. And this will help you to see the different types of teeth that you have in your mouth. So you have your incisors, your canines, your premolars and your molars. So there are four layers to the tooth. There's the white layer on the outside, which is the enamel. You then have underneath that dentine and then underneath that is the pulp where the blood supply and the nerves are. The last layer of the tooth is called cementum and this helps in anchoring the tooth to the bone through what's known as the periodontal ligament. If you then look on the outside again you'll see the pink tissues and this is what you'll know as your gums and in dentistry this is called your gingiva. Underneath this you have the bone which helps to support the tooth in the socket, and this is known as alveolar bone. And this is something a lot of diagrams online or in books will help you to visualise. So it's a good idea to get a diagram in front of you and then re-listen to this section. So we mentioned dental diseases, and the main cause of these diseases is the bacteria that forms in your mouth. And this bacteria sort of accumulates together and forms this white sticky substance which is plaque. So this plaque is the community of bacteria as I've just explained and this is what we want to remove, this is what we want to instruct our patients to remove to reduce the bacterial load in their mouth and therefore reducing their risk of these diseases. If you think about your own trips to the dentist you may have been advised to alter your toothbrushing technique or something like that and In these circumstances, this is what they're doing. They're instructing you to try and remove that plaque substance that has formed. Another way that you may be able to see this is disclosing tablets. You may have used these before. What you would do is you chew on this tablet and it dyes the plaque in your mouth so you can see as a visual what we're sort of trying to explain here. So following on from you, Becky, if 
this plaque or biofilm is left to accumulate around the tooth, then you can get inflammation of the gums. So this is known as gingivitis. And at this stage, there's no permanent damage of the tooth. So with good oral hygiene, such as toothbrushing and flossing, you can resolve this. But if this doesn't improve, then periodontitis can occur. And this is where this biofilm starts to destruct the bone and the gums. And this can ultimately lead to teeth falling out. So that's one of the diseases um, that we try and prevent and treat. And another one is dental decay. And the fancy dental name for this is dental caries. So this occurs as a result of plaque bacteria feeding on the sugars that you eat and producing acid. And this acid breaks down those tooth tissues that we spoke about earlier, like the enamel and the dentine. So regarding dental decay, there are a couple of ways that you can prevent this. It's through diet, so reducing the sugar intake that you have. As always, your oral hygiene needs to be really good. So you need to reduce that bacterial load, the plaque in your mouth. And also there's some evidence to suggest and support that fluoride prevents dental decay as well. This is something that we are going to discuss in a different episode, so come back and listen to that one to find out more. As you mentioned caries there, Becky, it's quite important to consider if caries is left untreated. So if this happens, the decay can progress into the pulp of the tooth. And as you can recall from earlier, this is where the nerve supply and the blood supply is. So this can lead to pulpitis, which is the inflammation of the pulp. And this can be very painful. So if you think this is where the nerve of the tooth is. So this is often where the toothache comes from. And the treatment for this is usually a root canal treatment where we go in through the top of the tooth into the pulp and we flush out all the bacteria and all the bugs in there. And then it is restored from there. And that resolves all this inflammation and the pain or the tooth can be extracted so it can be removed from the mouth. So just to summarise, we've gone over the tooth anatomy and how plaque contributes to the development of some conditions in the mouth such as gum disease and decay and these can ultimately end up with the tooth dying if a root canal treatment has to be performed because pulpitis or the tooth can fall out if periodontitis is left to progress. So the second part of the episode is going to focus on treating these conditions, these diseases. And the main way to treat these is to remove the disease. And in regards to dental decay, the way to do this is putting a filling into the tooth. And the dental term for this would be a restoration. There are two materials that we tend to use that are silver one, which is dental amalgam. This contains mercury and is therefore has quite a controversial history associated with it. And we will discuss this in another episode. So come back and listen to that one as well. Or there is resin composite, which is the white material, which patients tend to choose nowadays for the aesthetic reasons. There are other materials with loads of different properties um, and they tend to be used on a temporary basis. 
So Becky's talked about how teeth can be restored with different materials. But if these teeth fall out, say, as patients get older or if they get extracted from the mouth, then patients often want something to fill that gap that is left behind. So this is where dentures come in, as they can fill that gap. So you get two types. You get full dentures, which will replace all the teeth, and partial dentures, which replace only the missing teeth. In order to do this, impressions are taken and they are sent to the dental technicians who you work with in these cases. And the dental technicians are the members of the dental team that make the appliances, so the dentures in the lab. The main materials used to make dentures are acrylic, which if you look up a picture, you will see that it's like a pink material that resembles the gums and then white that resembles the teeth. And this is a plasticky material. Um, as well as this, there can be what's known as cobalt chrome, which is a metal material used when making dentures. This is often used to provide a lot of support and is particularly used in partial dentures. So we spoke about dental amalgam and resin composite. Another way to restore a tooth would be by a crown. These are used when the teeth are quite badly broke down and maybe they don't there's not a lot of tooth tissue to hold a filling in place so essentially you prepare the tooth and this crown just caps on top maybe a good idea to look at a picture to get a better idea of that there are means of replacing teeth if you lose them due to trauma or extraction or due to disease and one way to do this would be by a bridge a way that a bridge would work is you would have two crowns either side of the gap with a false tooth in the middle. So it's all supported, essentially, like a bridge. To produce a crown or a bridge, you are required to take impressions in the dental surgery. And there's lots of different materials that are used. And you've probably experienced these materials yourself if you've had impressions for orthodontic retainers or something like that and again these are sent to the dental technician and you work together to produce them. As you mentioned there Becky bridges are often used with supporting teeth either side but sometimes it's not possible to have those supporting teeth there and that's where implants come in. So implants are typically a titanium screw that's surgically placed into the bone and it is restored with either a crown or a bridge, or even dentures can sit on top of implants after healing has occurred. They can be used to replace a single tooth, or as we said, support a bridge or denture. And these dentures can fix onto the implants or they can be removable. It's also important to remember with implants that oral hygiene still needs to be maintained to a good level. Because if not, then these implants can fail as a result. So just to summarise this section, if tooth structure is lost because of disease, there are ways of treating this. And there are also means of replacing teeth that are lost. However, as dentists, we're all about prevention. And ideally, we hope that patients don't get to that stage. So the third part of this episode, we're going to be focusing on things that you may have not sort of realised we need to know about as dentists. 
Um, and there are things that can contribute to increasing their risk for some oral diseases. So the first one we're going to discuss is smoking. Smoking overall has an impact on your health. Focusing on dentistry, it increases the risk of periodontitis, so that gum disease that we discussed earlier in the episode, and also oral cancer. A way that we sort of assess how much a patient is at risk from their smoking habit is pack years. So it might be something to look up and familiarise yourself with. Recently, patients have been using e-cigarettes as a means of stopping smoking. And it's been uncertain for a while what effects they have on the whole body. And for us as dentists, the effects that they have on the oral cavity as well. Recently, there has been a study done, I think it was done in 2018 by University of Birmingham that suggested that e-cigarettes have similar effects as what smoking do. So the same advice is given to those patients regarding smoking and e-cigarettes. Smoking, as you've touched upon, Becky, is a main risk factor for oral cancer. And this is the 14th most common cancer. So early detection boosts a patient's chance of survival from 50 to 90%. And we see our patients every six months, which means that we're in a great position to screen for oral cancer. So as dentists, we're not just looking at the teeth and the mouth. We also need to be aware of what's happening with the patient overall, the whole body, all their medications and everything. So we go through extensive training for this, um, but just to sort of focus on medical conditions as a whole, a lot of these medical conditions require medications and all of these medications have side effects, some of which will affect their oral cavity and also the treatments that we may be wanting to do or discuss with the patient at some point. So for example, a patient might be on a blood thinner. So if you were looking to extract a tooth from a patient, they may bleed for a longer period of time than someone that isn't taking that blood thinner. So that's an example of one that would sort of affect the whole body. Um, And there are a lot of medications that can cause dry mouth. And this sort of environment, the dry environment, increases the risk of the dental diseases that we have been discussing throughout this episode, like the periodontal disease, the gum disease, and dental caries or dental decay. So just to summarise this part of the episode, it's not all about teeth when it comes to dentistry. We are healthcare professionals, so we are expected to have an understanding of the patient as a whole, and that does include the medical side of things, so the medications and things like that. So as we mentioned at the very start of this episode, we've covered a huge amount of content and there's a lot of theory in this episode. So you may want to do some more research on your own into areas that you found particularly interesting or areas that you maybe didn't understand as much. So you can do this by looking at some websites such as the BSP, the SDSEP, the FGDP and the NICE guidelines. Or if you can, even reach out to your own dentist or those that you know within the dental profession to try and get more information from them. There is also a huge dental following on Instagram. So this is another way that you can try and get more information about certain things. So you may wish to try and reach out to people on Instagram 
and get more information. We are really enjoying making these episodes and we hope you have found them interesting and learned a little more about dentistry. And you can follow us on Instagram at dental underscore appointment to keep up to date with us. But until our next episode, bye! bye.